This episode is brought to you by Unblock Your Way to Oneness, the online course that will radically transform intimacy in your marriage. Go to jewishlatinprincess.com forward slash oneness to learn more, claim your special Jewish Latin Princess discount, and see what other course graduates have said about the course. You're listening to Jewish Latin Princess Podcast by Yael. Every week, get your dose of inspiration from the world's most uniquely talented Jewish women and from Yael herself. Seeking profound and practical ways to live a joyful, richer Jewish life? Welcome to Jewish Latin Princess Podcast. And now, Jewish lifestyle expert and bilingual blogger at jewishlatinprincess.com, your host, Yael. Welcome to Jewish Latin Princess. I'm Yael Trush, your host. This is a special episode for many reasons. It's Ask Yael Time, which is a new form of the show that I think is a lot of fun. I have a co-host today, a very special lady who I'm going to introduce you in a minute. And it's also episode 99, believe it or not. We've gotten this far. I guess the pressure is on because, well, what's going to be with episode 100? That's the question. Anyone want to guess? I don't know if it's super exciting, but it will definitely be different and the suggestions came from a few listeners so I listened and um, following your lead stay tuned for that but don't go anywhere yet because it's time for me to introduce you to my lovely co-host today Sarah Blau and tackle your Jewish lifestyle questions Sarah welcome to the show hi Yael hello everybody thank you so much for having me it's so great to have you on the show Sarah is a new listener to the show a newer fan but we are connected in another way because you and I will see soon be speaking at the National Jewish Retreat run by JLI. Are you excited? I'm so excited. I'm coming with my family and I'm really looking forward to meeting people. I didn't know you're coming with a whole family. That's super cool. Yep. It's in Washington, D.C., everybody. So go check it out. The retreat is from August 12th to the 18th, 2019, this summer in a few months. So everybody go check it out at jretreat.com. And the best way to describe the retreat is, what would you say, Sarah Lee? You've been there before. How would you describe it? It's just this amazing amazing energy where Jewish life is explored with good food, good company, and everything that JLI does, they do top notch. Yes. So that means good food, good program, you know, nice hotel, the venue, every single aspect of the program will feed your soul and your mind and your body. It's like the best combination you can get. And with speakers like us. <laughs> no, uh-uh. I'm kidding. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, um, I have a friend who told me it's like a piece of heaven on earth. So there you go, ladies. So go check it out, jretreat.com. All right. Everybody, um, Sarah, I'm going to brag a little bit about you. You know, I have, we have a mutual friend who described you to me once as the upcoming star in Chabad Lubavitch. And I have to agree with that. I'm really going to brag here, Sarah. You're an author. You're an artist. You're a public speaker. You live in Crown Heights, Brooklyn, where I met you. You've written over 150 articles on Chabad.org and 20 ladies. 20 children's books. You speak internationally on all sorts of topics related to Jewish women. And you really are really very passionate about using creativity as a way to express deep Hasidic concepts. And I love that and think that's why I love you so much. But wait, if it's not enough, that wasn't enough. You are a wife and a mother. And you're, <laughs> and you're like 10 years younger than me. 
<laughs> you know what? But Elle, you're so easy to make friends with. It's like we were friends forever. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Somehow, like, we were totally meant to connect. Oh, but wait, I didn't mention that you're also a life coach. And to tell you the truth, Sarah, I want a life coach like you, like of somebody who's getting things done. That's a good life coach, you know? <laughs> so anyway, I, the part of the reason that I brought you on the show is because you're such a well-rounded person with such a wealth and breadth of experience in Jewish life as an educator, as a wife, as a mother, artist, all that. And today we actually have quite the diverse set of questions ranging from Shabbat candles to money to Jewish education. So are you ready to tackle them with me? Let's try. Let's, let's go for it. Let's do it. So the first question, Sarah, is from Anonymous, and it's short and to the point. What does she say? She says, can I light Shabbat candles and then go out? So it's a seemingly simple question, but with not such a simple answer. What do you say, Sarah? How would you help Sarah? How would you help Anonymous think through this question? So Anonymous, whoever you are, the first thing I want to tell you is I so relate to the question. I'm a girl who likes to run around and do this and hustle and bustle. And my question on Shabbat is, can I light and go out? Can I run around? <laughs> and, you know, it's been really a learning curve for me to appreciate what Shabbat really is. Hmm. So before answering what I can or can't do, it's really important for me to understand what is Shabbat. And actually, you know, I, I turned to my husband after last week and I said, God knows what he's doing. Because with all the pressures that I have during the week and I'm running camps and I'm running programs and my phone doesn't stop ringing and then comes 24 hours of peace and serenity. It's a miracle. So for my type of personality that just wants to create and do and run and, yes. and get things done, <laughs> it's such a, a powerful time for me to just breathe, to spend time with my family. I'm not running anywhere. I'm sitting on the couch. I'm reading. So if I am going anywhere, it's out to a family friend across the street. It's out to my family for a meal. There are certain times when I'm more homebound with a baby. But when I look at the question of can we go out, you can go out. There's no lock on your door. But the question is, what is your Shabbat going to look like? Hmm. What is your home? What, what's your meal going to look like? What are you going to do? Because the whole point of Shabbat is for it to be a spiritual day of rest. So, you know, you, you could you could spend your whole week. You could go running around Saturday night. Shabbat is one day that we carve out like for soul time, for renewal time. How does that sound? I love I, I, I can totally relate to everything that you're saying. Oh, my gosh. And you see, I'm so happy that I brought you, brought you on the show because, yes, that's such an excellent point. What I would add to that also for Anonymous, um, I, I totally agree with Sarah um, to first to look at it from the perspective of, you know, what is Shabbat? What is it going to do for you in your life? And, and for, to look at it from that perspective. But there's also something that I could relate to this question, maybe on a different level, Sarah. I could relate to it on thinking back to my early days of Shabbat observance and being at that point where I also experienced that once upon in my life where I would light Shabbat candles and I wasn't ready to make the full-on commitment and you know I would still do other things right Shabbat didn't mm -hmm. wasn't the experience that you just described it wasn't the experience that it is for me today and I think something to point out here obviously I'm not espousing breaking Shabbat of course God forbid I it's like an incredible mitzvah it's a beautiful thing but I wanted to mention to Anonymous that there's also tremendous value in each and every mitzvah and the 
mitzvah of candle lighting on time with a blessing is valuable in and of itself. So if this is um, it's something that we Jewish women are commanded to do, it's such an ex- special time. And if this is something that she is struggling with, um, just I wanted to reaffirm for her that, you know, take that on, take that mitzvah, say, okay, this is this is what I'm going to do. Because as our sages tell us, Mitzvah Guerrero's mitzvah, right? Every mitzvah leads to another. And I think this mitzvah in and of itself is such a valuable thing and it's an incredible thing. And just to light those candles, I'm not giving you, you know, I'm not saying what happens afterwards. I'm not, I'm, I'm almost not, don't want to even want to talk about it, but I feel like you're going to see so many revealed blessings in your life from just taking on that mitzvah. And totally. And I totally. think also, Sarah, it's so funny. It's such a relevant, timely question because of the times that we're living in, right? We're seeing so much darkness. I never like to focus on the negative, but we're definitely, we can't be blind to the fact that there's so much going on in the world, right? And a little bit of light and that can from anonymous I think could do a lot totally and you know one of my favorite things about the mitzvah also is covering my eyes mm-hmm. and, and praying you know it's a time right? that I could breathe and pray and ask God for whatever I want for my family it's it's an oasis in time within the oasis of Shabbat where I could just you know have a one-on-one with God yes. and it doesn't have to be formal you know after I say the blessing I could just really share with God what's on my mind and draw down blessings for my family um, but you know it actually reminded me of something that the Lubavitcher Rebbe encouraged families not just to light candles but to have a meal together mm-hmm. so even if you are going to go out later to call about the time for family correct have the meal you know sit down talk to each other during the week it's really tough you know for me at least to really have that whole sit down meal with my husband and my kids and here it's like this built-in focused family time no matter what right and maybe anonymous is single i don't know i guess maybe i i thought about it that way because that's the stage in my life where i was so maybe have some friends over and make kiddush <laughs> and have a fun meal together you know right, the, right. it's like it, it, you can make it a whole experience but i think i think there's so much so, such a powerful mitzvah this physical light that we're creating but it's so much Absolutely. more than that it's a spiritual Absolutely. light which only you can bring to the world and it's very much needed so um i this is just for everybody out there listening it's um I was having this conversation with somebody with the ladies I teach on Sundays and we were talking about this just you know let's try to rearrange your plans just say this week this Friday I'm going to check out what's the correct candle lighting time in my city and I'm just gonna my schedule's gonna change I'm going to be home for that experience and like you described it having carving out that time to close your eyes to have that conversation with God to slow down and then take it from there see where that brings you it's just one mitzvah and then another one, and then another one, right? And there's all these really cute and pretty candle lighting sets. Oh, yes. You can check out on Chabad.org. You know, go out and express your creativity and buy a candlestick that you love. Or, nice you know, idea. make the mitzvah as beautiful and as personal as you can. Nice idea. And also mentioning Chabad.org, huh? it's another plug, but I'm sure there's tons of online candle lighting um, times, uh, calculators Correct, or right. whatever, but the Chabad.org happens to have a great one. You just put the uh, your city, your zip code, and voila, it's right there. All right, so uh, Sarah, we have now a question from Alex. And Alex says, 
how much did you spend on Passover? My friend, <laughs> <laughs> my friend spent one fifth of what I spent. I can't believe it. How? And I can't believe how much the holiday cost every year. Any tips on how to manage it? Okay, Alex, I feel you. There's two questions here. So, so by the way, Sarah, did, do you know how much you spent on Passover this year? So I definitely have an idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but part of the answer to your question is, you know, if I think I'm going to be renovating my kitchen and I get, you know, and I get estimates for cabinets and then I get the bill, I'm not like shocked, like, oh, how'd that happen? I know that I'm planning on renovating my kitchen and there's going to be the cost attached. Mm -hmm. So I kind of feel like when it comes to holidays and planning, it doesn't come out of left field. Every year during the month of Nissan, there's Passover. So it's really important to prepare for it. And I know you're very into that. So it's not like a shocker, maybe the price of uh, food climbs, but it's something that we could prepare for. Correct. And that we know is coming. Correct. And I think I think something valuable that people should do is, first of all, I, I want to commend Alex for being aware of how much she spent them in Passover, how much it cost her. Um, I think tracking your expenses is the first step because that's going to help you prepare for next year. Because like you said, Passover is coming again and again and again until Mashiach comes, right? And even after. Don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Except then we're not going to be worried about the cost. <laughs> right. You know what? I want to comment on the word you just used, yo. The worry. There's two separate things here, and I feel like the anxiety Mm -hmm. over money Mm -hmm. has to be dealt with separately from the actual practical tips about the money. Mm -hmm. Because the anxiety piece, you know, when I have performance anxiety, I can't do nothing right. The anxiety holds me back from thinking clearly. Mm -hmm. And the answer to the anxiety over money is belief and trust in God. So, you know, my father always used to tell me the story of this poor man who was traveling on the road with a very heavy package. And he was stopped by a wealthy person who was driving this big coach and this, you know, he invited the poor man onto his wagon. So this man sits down in the wagon, he's comfortable. But after a few minutes, the wagon driver turns around and he sees that this man still has his package on his back. And he says, why don't you put it down? And Mm -hmm. he says, I feel so bad. It's, you know, you're carrying my weight. You also should have to carry the weight of my package. And the wagon driver said, silly, I'm carrying you in the package anyway. It doesn't do anything to carry your load. You can put it down. Mm-hmm. So anxiety is kind of like that. We feel we're, we're, you know, pressed under this load. When in reality, God's got our back. Yes. God's carrying the load. But at the same time, you know, you ever heard the quote, without God, we can't. But without us, God won't. Mm, I love that. So the anxiety piece, I have to work on having faith in God. The practical piece, I have to do whatever I can to plan appropriately and see what I can do to save up. And the truth is, yeah, if you think about it, it is hard. There's a reason there's a mitzvah before Pesach to give money to people who can't afford matzah. Mm-hmm. It is expensive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just when our attitude is it's something we love and we're excited for, just like a new kitchen, we we get it that we are you know, we get the opportunity to spend on the mitzvah. Correct, correct. And and by the way, there's no, there's nothing to be gained really from comparing ourselves and with, you know, what this other family spend, because we have to look at what, you know, what is your Pesach? Because the whatever it's going to cost you, it's just going to depend on, 
your family, your customs, your structure, the number of people, the number of guests. So the, what's right. really a more productive exercise is to, well, work on the faith part, which I wholeheartedly agree. And I'm going to share with you something I just learned that really, wow, wowed me on this. But, but before I do that, um, I think what's more worthwhile or more productive is to look at your numbers, which you already know, Alex, and I think that's amazing. And then go through the exercise of looking at the breakdown of the numbers and analyzing them a bit. Like, how would you like to improve on them? Not the number itself, but the experience that those numbers paid for. Do you feel like you could have used five more hours of a cleaning of cleaning help or because you would have been a calmer mother and a calmer wife or on the flip side? Like, do you see that you spent so much on takeout the week before Passover and perhaps with a little bit more preparation and foresight, you know, maybe that cleaning, additional cleaning help, you could have managed feeding the kids and that, that, that money would have gone elsewhere, you know, where you wanted more guests. What I'm saying is look at the numbers critically and saying, what is the pace, Passover experience that I want next year? And then account for that and say, okay, so we need a bigger budget here or a little bit smaller here. And, and this is, this is what we value. This is what we treasure. And, and then of course, um, that just having that clarity, um, is just a first step, right? Has marital intimacy become the source of emotional pain, tension, and frustration? Or do you just sense there's more to gain from this special part of marriage, but you don't know how to get there? I may have the answer for you. It's called Unblock Your Way to Oneness. This is a course that can transform your marriage. When marital intimacy is a struggle in any way, all other aspects of your marriage become shadowed by the frustration of a disappointing relationship. If not addressed, struggles with intimacy can become bigger and deeper over time. But it doesn't have to be that way. Unblock Your Way to Oneness is the clear, thorough course that will take you on a transformative journey so that you can have a satisfying, fulfilling, and joyous intimate bond with your husband. Head over to jewishlatinprincess.com forward slash oneness to learn more and to claim your special discount today. That's jewishlatinprincess.com forward slash oneness. So another thing that I find helpful is to have something on call that you know you could freelance when you have more time. Like, I know if I need to work a couple more hours, I'll write a few more articles. I could freelance write, or I could maybe freelance speak. So everybody has their own skill set that in addition to their job, just as a tip and to explore as a possibility, maybe, you know, besides for cutting, I sometimes prefer to add. Yes. Add the income rather than cutting the expenses. I love that. So that I can make it work. The side hustle. I'm very big on that. Yes, definitely. You there? Uh-oh. Yeah, I'm here. Okay. <laughs> I don't go anywhere. Everybody, technical te- technical difficulties. Yes, I love that idea because sometimes it's not about the cutting, it's about the increase. So definitely having the clarity and, you know, and planning and coming up with creative ideas, like Sarah said, but let me also tell you, sorry, you're going to love this. This just by divine providence, I was just learning um, a piece of Gemara, but not because I sit to learn Gemara necessarily, just because I was writing an article on this and I came across this and you're probably familiar with it. It's, I'm going to tell everybody. So if anybody wants to look it up, it's on Tractate Beitza and it's page 16a. And here's how it goes. It's just, it's, it was mind blowing to me. And uh, some parts of it were familiar. It says that the livelihood, the parnasa that a person 
um, is going to receive during the year is determined during the 10 days between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, right? We've all heard that. Yeah, Sarah? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. But then it continues to say, the person is judged during that time and he's going to be allotted the money to cover the expenses that he'll incur. Okay. And here's where it starts getting interesting, which I made me think of Alex's question. It says, except Shabbat, holidays on our son's Torah learning. These are like not in the accounting, meaning they come from another account. They come from God's account, which was precisely your point. It's like he covers them. There's, they're not our expenses. They're not deducted from our account, sort of speak. And then this is the point where I want Alex to listen carefully. It says, if the person decreases his spending in these three areas, Shabbat, festivals, and Talmud Torah, his Parnassah will be reduced accordingly. And if he increases in spending, his Parnassah will increrease. Blew me away, Sarah. Wow. Wow. Right? I, so, don't, I heard that bit either. Isn't that crazy? You know, it, it's like saying, yeah. listen, don't go to the store and say, oh, I, I want to have roast or I want to have this special wine for the Yantov, but I'm not going to buy it because no, it's Hashem's bank account. Buy the best wine that you know your family is going to enjoy for the, you know, or have those five extra guests that you want it to be. Whatever it is that you need to do to honor the Yantov, the, the holiday, then do it. Right? Right. I wanted to give another idea. If freelancing doesn't work, I know that locally I've done this before. Sometimes it works to barter. You know, one friend is good at organizing and another friend is good at, you know, can do hair. I'll do your wig. You help me organize. Um, I know that sometimes I barter a trip. This past Pesach, I went upstate. I joined the Pesach program. My kids had a great time doing all the activities, and I ran a little art thing. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it's not only about increasing in money, but thinking of ideas that you could make it work so that you cut down on certain expenses. Yes, and so that you enjoy the holiday and honor it in the best possible way for your family, right? right? Yes, exactly. I, I love, I love. So you see, and thank you, Sarah and Alex. Good luck. And um, I think you're doing great. I mean, just the fact that you're asking the question and just the fact that you have the awareness, I think you're doing great. And we all, we all have to work on that, having that complete trust in God. And I'm sure he's going to grant success to everybody. And of course, using our, amen. Amen. <laughs> yes, amen to that. Right. And of course, using our feminine wisdom to, you know, make things the most beautiful way. And there you got a lot of creative tips from, from Sarah here. So yes. All right, Sarah, we have a question from Tiffany via Instagram. So Tiffany says, I just spoke with my boyfriend about the possibility of moving to Israel for a while after we get married to focus on growing our relationship with God. I, I'd love to hear more about your experiences in Israel and any seminaries you'd recommend. Sarah, did you study in Israel at some point? I was actually in Israel for two years. Those oh, really? were probably two of like one of the best years in my life. They were it was so inspiring. I was actually up north in Tzfat, mm -hmm. which is such a spiritual city and an artsy city. It was like being in heaven. Oh, yeah. I could see you in Tzfat, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> Run around to the galleries and learn. It was like so such an electric year. Yeah, yeah. But in terms of answering your question, so my second year that I was there, I actually spent two weeks in Jerusalem at the opening of a seminary called Mayanot oh, in Jerusalem. Yay, and that's actually one that I would recommend. Yes. So it was right when they opened their women's program. And I went as like a dorm counselor, Madracha. I was there just for two weeks, just mm -hmm. from, you know, just for over Pesach break, you know, Passover vacation until my family came. And still in those two weeks, I learned a ton. I got to know some of their dynamic teachers. 
And I got to see that it's really a place for somebody who's serious about learning about their Judaism, whether it's just halacha, like the laws of Judaism, or the Hasidus, like the deeper meaning of Judaism. My, you know, like seemed like the best bet. I well, I'm a big, I'm a, I'm part of the Mayanot family. I don't know, if, I don't know if you know that. I've actually experienced Mayanot firsthand, and also my husband is a Mayanot alum. So I'm, I'm big on Mayanot. I think it's a great choice. I also like the diversity of the ladies who go there to study. I mean, it, the, the energy. It's just such a great place, and the teachers are top notch. So, well, first of all, also we forgot that we need to congratulate Tiffany on her engagement. I think that's awesome. Oh, right. Yes. And I think it's awesome that you're she's thinking of moving to Israel for a while to focus on her learning and her their their learning and their spiritual growth. We actually Sarah my right 100%. My husband and I actually did a similar thing when we got married. We had some savings and we took the year to learn in Eretz Israel and it was wonderful. My husband was continuing his learning in Mayanot. Actually back then Mayanot for women was not open yet, so I was doing some other courses around the city. There was a program mm-hmm. called Malchut or Malchus, which was also beautiful. Later on, when we were already married with kids, we traveled to Israel one summer just to learn that summer. And that's when I went to Mayanot for women. And, and, and I love it. And I was already obviously in love with Mayanot in general. But I wanted also to let Tiffany know that Obviously, Sarah and I are fans of Mayanot, um, and I didn't know going into this, Sarah, that you knew about Mayanot or anything. <laughs> it's totally divine providence. But um, also, something to think about is that, you know, as far as other specific seminaries or programs to recommend, um, you know, there's so many, and I think it's important for you and your fiance, Tiffany, to, to think of what's right for you in terms of your ashkafa or your outlook. It's, um, if you are newer to Judaism, perhaps, or the way that you have been, you know, become familiar with Judaism or the way that you're connecting to, to your Jewish observance, maybe, um, talk to your rabbi, to your mentors, and, and think about your growth in Judaism and who or what, you know, type of outlook has influenced it the most. And, and, and that will help you, you know, find the right fit for you. Because of course, different institutions have a little bit of nuance in their outlook. And that's perfectly fine. There's just such a wealth of um, Torah learning and styles of Torah learning um, in Israel that you almost can't go wrong. <laughs> Yeah, that's part of the beauty. And it also depends where you're going to live. I mean, we just spoke about Jerusalem, but in Svat, there are also a number of places yes. when I was there. There's Ascent, there's Machon yes. Alta, Correct. and things are short term, some things are more long term. Um, and, and just like El said, each each to their own, really, because it's about exploring where, where are you going to feel the most comfortable, you know, which vibe do you really relate to the most, mm-hmm. the teachers, the other students, each yeshiva or place of learning will have its own unique flair and flavor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah 100%. I'm so excited for Tiffany. I think it's a great move. Listen, I think it's one of the best moves that I made um, in my marriage. I think it helps it helps solidify the marriage. It was a great foundation. So, you know, I think you're very blessed to have that opportunity. And it's definitely a great goal to have as you start up your marriage. Spiritual growth. I mean, that's just the way to go. Yeah, I actually have a lot of family there, Tiffany. So if you're hearing this and you need a place to stay somewhere, feel free to reach out. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. Well, that's a wrap for it. See, that was a good chunk of diverse questions. I love these, Sarah. How did you like these questions? Great. 
Great. Right. You're, you're doing, you're doing really good stuff. Yeah. You know, your platform <laughs> is so well-rounded and that's part of what I'm so impressed with, you know, from the practical to the spiritual, but you go back and forth from one to the other with like, it's seamless. Because that's life, right? That's Jewish life. Yes. It should be yes. seamless. We're we're spiritual beings in a physical world, and it's just merging one and the other. That that constant dance, right? Right, bringing godliness all over the world yes. and and elevating everything. Exactly. But you you do it in a way that's that's unique to you. And you oh. know, my hats off to you, Yael. You're oh great. My gosh. Well, Sarah, I'm gonna get to see you this summer. And everybody else, if you want to see Sarah and I in person, please, please go check it out. Jretreat.com. Yes, hope, hope to make a lot of new friends this summer. I know. And where can we find you online, Sarah? So I do have a website, sarahblau.com, which kind of, you can see a little bit of my galleries or some mm. of the different things that I am involved with. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. You could just search my name and I'm happy to connect. Love it. Love it. Sarah, thank you for taking the time to come on the show and sharing so much of your practical and spiritual wisdom with us. It's my pleasure anytime. And I mean it seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Loved it. What an opportunity, y'all. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Jewish Latin Princess Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on iTunes, leave a rating, and share the podcast with the Jewish women you love. To access today's show notes, ask Yael a question, or suggest a uniquely talented Jewish woman to be featured on the show, visit JewishLatinPrincess.com.